What's up, y'all? Uh, it's Zach. And it's Ade. You know, uh, welcome to Living Corporate. Okay. Uh, like <laughs> to, <laughs> uh, you know what? This is coming on an off day, right? Like, but you know what? We've had a few uh, off days. So, <laughs> <laughs> bars, gotcha. right? I know. Um, you know, typically we drop content on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Uh, but, you know, with y'all working from home and us being. Um, content creators that's part of our job we're storytellers we're story curators and we're also content creators you know what i mean yeah uh, you know what i'm saying triple entendre don't even ask me how um and so i i i'm really excited because um this is our 200th episode but like beyond just celebrating arbitrary milestones like um really just want to make sure that we check in with y'all live in corporate community make sure everybody's good um adi how you been doing Um, honestly, just trying to look at the bright side of things. Um, I'm incredibly grateful that so far so good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quarantining with people that I love. Um, I am unfortunately still being made to work out even though my gym is closed for the next two or so weeks. Um, Mm. I have a roof over my head, food to eat, all these things. Um, and all of those things are certainties. I'm not worried about those things. Um, so I'm deeply grateful for that opportunity. I'm also going a little stir crazy. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm definitely an introvert, but I also like, I like being able to like walk outside and cuddle people's, people's dogs. Not necessarily like talk to people, but right. you know, hang out with, with stranger dogs. And I can't do that right now. So it's a little weird. Um, my family's good. So, you know, so far so good. Um, grateful for the time and space I'm in that has allowed me the opportunity to be this calm because I otherwise would not have the opportunity to do so. So yeah. How are things in your end being Candace? Uh, well, thank you for asking. So uh, Candace and I are great. Um, more importantly, Candace is great. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that expecting our first child, um, any, sheesh, any day now, um, and really thankful for that. So, you know, one is appreciative for health, um, and strength, of course. Um, and then thankful for family, right? All of our family members are safe. We're all like bunkered down in our respective homes. Um, right. And, um, you know, my parents are good. My siblings are great. Um, and to your point, yeah, you know, thankful to have a job. Thankful to have a roof over my head. I'm thankful to have food, right? We're, we're, we're well supplied. It's well stocked. Um, and uh, it's, it's been good. It's been good. Um, you know, I'm shout out to everyone who's listening. Shout out to the people who are, you know, working from home, maybe not used to working from home. Shout out to folks who are uh, who are at home and wish they were working. Um, shout out to all of our healthcare professionals. Shout out, shout out to uh, the healthcare professionals we've had actually on our platform. So shout out to Dr. Blackstock, Dr. Williams. Um, shout out to everybody who's out there really just just working we really appreciate your effort and your service like this is a weird yeah time. um and shout out to the grocery store workers oh, the, shout out to them um bus drivers the um uber drivers folks who are um out there right now with a lot less safety and certainty um than what we're we're expressing our gratitude for um I'm pulling for everyone, praying for everyone, and um, hoping that this will enact a change in the way that we approach 
class and care um, and just overall how we approach taking care of one another. Um, I kind of want to put a pin in that conversation about community um, and come back to it. But yeah, pray for everyone. No doubt. Um, and I, you know, I, I agree. I think it's interesting when we talk about like some of the things that are happening where employers are like changing some of their policies and allowing people to have sick days and those like it just reminds me again that like like our like the way that we 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 function as a country like we're just not as like we're just not as sophisticated as we we act like we are and like there's a lot more <laughs> that I believe our company like that companies should be doing for its employees right like you know. We this this episode is like a a super bonus episode. This is episode two hundred. We have like two different conversations we're gonna be bringing to y'all today. Um, one that Shanisha um, is going to be f- facilitating in, uh, with an interview, and then another one uh, from Letitia. What's up, Shanisha? Letitia, Toya, Brenda. You know, not not all those. <laughs> no, I just I love uh, the fact that our team is so diverse, and we have. Uh, black women on our platform, of course, you included, Ade. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, we're it's just it's a lot of a lot of content this episode, all focused on working from home, um, working through uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, um, making sure that you're keeping yourself engaged, occupied, that you're managing yourself well, that you're not getting you know too high or too low, that you're able to stay fairly level. That's really the goal yeah. of like of the content that you're going to be hearing today. Um, I'm curious, Ade, like what you've been doing to just manage yourself, right? Like now you and I, we're consultants, so we're used to, you know, taking days and working from home. But I also know that you are, you're a little bit more socially active than I am. And like, I'm cool. <laughs> like, I'm cool. Like I'll still, I'll stay at the crib and be fine. Um, you know, but everybody's not like that. I think for me, like I pushed, at first I was like projecting, right? I was like, well, this isn't that bad. Like just work from home. Like it's cool. Like you could just spend time with your loved one and watch binge, watch your TV shows and get a bunch of work done. But like everyone isn't energized the same way. I'm curious about like how this has impacted you. Uh, Without putting out too much of my business. um, I think that it's been an interesting time. Um, I'm, I'm quarantined with my best friend. Um, so I'm quarantined away from my um, immediate family. My mom's immunocompromised, so it's not something that I want to play with. Um, I think I'm quarantined with my best friend. We're having like a lot of conversations that I could have avoided if I were at happy hour. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we're doing we're doing all the things to like remain healthy. So um, we're working out. Um, we're having like meaningful conversations. And I think that for me, it's very much like having to put things on pause and pay attention to the things that I don't necessarily have to on a regular basis is interesting. Um, and it's a double edged sword in the sense that like, I get to really think through like, why, what are the decisions I've been making lately? How does that impact my long-term goals? Um, how are how are those things gonna like all tie together to get me to the best version of myself? Because that's ultimately what I'm in pursuit of is building the the best version of myself. But also at the same time, it 
I mean, having somebody who knows you like the back of their hand hold up a mirror in your face like, all right, sis, you've been doing a lot. Like, what is up? Right. Um, it's certainly like a sobering moment um, in the sense that, um, you know, you get to take a step back. And again, gratitude, because I get that I have the opportunity to just think through we actually did this exercise which i think i thought was really cool um he gave me an excel spreadsheet and it was like right through all of the like biggest moments that brought you here right like the most significant moments of your life um when it was chronologically we're going to talk through it um and say whether it was positive or negative and through that experience i realized that even experiences that I have like not the greatest memories of I could also always find a positive in all of those things and I think for me it's it's this really good time to examine those things and that's not necessarily to say that like I mean things are allowed to suck like you're allowed to say all right this sucks and that there isn't a positive in this there's some experiences that were just entirely negative and there's some experiences that, was, that were entirely positive so I'm not saying that it's a bad thing I am saying though that like in this moment I am able to experience the discomfort in that growth and expand my horizons a little bit. I feel like I, I just felt, I just sounded like um, one of those uh, optimistic planners. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't my intention. It's just what I'm, what I'm really experiencing. I'm also sweating really hard because I just finished um, working out my final like set of the day. So what is what what is your what is your set uh, consist of? Oh God, um, Kendall's torturing me. So uh, we did push-ups, uh, alternating shoulder, shoulder taps, alter, alternating hip taps, um, toe taps, and then these things called man makers. And so basically. I'm worn worn out. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I do think, I do think it's important to like, one, it's a blessing that you're with somebody, um, that you're not like wholly alone, even though, you know, again, people get their energy from different places. I know for me, like, I'm glad that I'm with my wife and we can have like a really good time. We can just talk and joke and, you know, just, just chill, like be in each other's presence. Um, and though that you're with somebody that you like, because there are some folks paired up. They don't want to be paired up. You know what I'm saying? So it's been interesting to me. Um, I I think I tweeted about this just because I I was uncomfortable. I saw a tweet that said something along the lines of, like, I'm quarantining with uh, my significant other. And and as much as I love her, like, we're not going to make it through this weekend. We're going to kill each other or something like that. It made me so uncomfortable because, like, and this isn't a relationship podcast not gonna harp too much on it but like why are you married to someone if you can't spend a weekend alone with them well i think it highlights and people have been talking about this on social media a lot like how little time a lot of these couples spend with each other and then like you think about it's a dynamic right so it's like it's like people who have been together and like they haven't spent time together in like mad years right and then there's people who like are just now trying to live together and maybe, yeah. and you know, maybe they, you know, they just like we're kind of trying to give it a shot, and like, dang, now they stuck like that. I empathize with, it. and then of course, like, not to be like too much of a downer. It's like there are also situations of people who are stuck in like abusive situations and they can't leave. Yeah, I was literally just thinking that. Right, and so like that's like that's a problem. 
Yeah. So again, um, it's really difficult to describe the gamut of emotions, but just kind of watching the way people have been interacting with one another. Um, I think this brings it back to community, right? Uh, the original conversation that I wanted to have, which America has an incredibly individualistic mindset, and that's a good thing if you are, you know, one person and you're striving. But maybe it's just I'm African, like your community is who you are, um, and in as much of, and I know you don't believe me, and I know many people don't believe me, but I really am an introvert. Um, but I still value community, and it's so important to me that um, I, I, I think this is why, like, this virus is so serious. It's that it erodes community, and you have to figure out how best to keep up those things. So, like, for example. Uh, thinking through not just how the virus is going to affect you, but affect those around you, right? Like, so in this building, there are several folks who are older or immunocompromised, making it a point in as much as it's possible to take the stairs and not the elevator. Um, not necessarily because I feel like I'm going to be like, too affected, but because, you know, if I am asymptomatic and carrying something, I, I don't want to transmit it through like right. touching elevator buttons. Right, right. Um, or um, making sure that folks um, in an, um, in your neighborhood are able to go grocery shopping. I was at um, Hair Cedar a couple of days ago, and there were literally an elderly couple who were literally sitting at the door, and it's a madhouse in the um, in the grocery store. And I stopped and I was like, "Hey, do you like do you have groceries? Do you need anything? I can run back in for you." And they're like, oh, somebody else has already like gone in for us, but thank you. Wow. Um, but being able to keep track of your neighbors in that way, I think this virus is really going to test the bonds of community and how we respond to caring for the most vulnerable amongst us, um, especially when it looks like, when it doesn't look like, oh, you know, community service, when it looks more like Just sitting life. Yeah. Um, or opting for, a few hours of solitude as opposed to, you know, going out and being mixy for the sake of being mixy. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think and it, it, you're, you're right in that. Like, well, first of all, hold on, I'm backing up. What did you say? You said, you don't think I believe, you know, I, I don't believe you. I do believe you. Yeah. But then you talk about how much I'm outside and <laughs> well, no, but that's how part crazy of, but, I get on the internet. Okay. So like, wait, uh, wait, a, wait a second. Everybody needs their outlet. So first of all, um, in my mind, you going outside is part of you being communal. Like you have people that you <laughs> that you link with, right? Mm-hmm. Now I didn't bring up your internet antics on this episode. That was off mic, you know. That's pre-production, but I mean, yeah, that's true. But you have a good time. <laughs> to me, <laughs> that's you just having a good time. Um, so I do believe you about community. I think community is. I kind of want Aaron to to, to meet that part out. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think it's really important. I think it's, I think, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think that, I think my frustration though, is that like, I want to tech I want to talk a little bit about systems. Like, I think like, like we're in this late stage capitalistic society that like, yeah. that really discourages community because 
we're so busy being poor <laughs> that like we're, we're so busy I hate that you said it that way but it's accurate it's yeah. accurate we're so busy being poor like and i tried to explain this to people who have you know jobs that pay them a little bit of cash it's like look man we're all like like we're we're definitely like if you most of us if we missed two months of checks we would be in trouble done for <laughs> like like so i, I saw there's this there's this and i'm not even, i'm not gonna drop her name because that's not that's not what we do but i saw this tweet and they were like you know anyone who is going to be in financial dire straits after two months without pay needs help in financial literacy and i was like do that, that raggedy okay <laughs> i'm sorry that was that it was, was raggedy no it was, was a raggedy post and I, was like, I was like how i was like first of all how that's really graceless like we have to be gentler with each other but we have to stop blaming victims and like people who are outputs of a system um for being victimized it's like yo like most people even people who can afford it like if you talk to let me tell you something if i talk to some of my mentors and they make money and i was like hey yo you're not gonna get paid for the next eight weeks (laughs) they're gonna be like wait that's a problem like that's a problem for most people right like not just not just the impoverished like and i think that I think what I'm what I'm hopeful for, like as we kind of see again, companies changing their policies, allowing uh, people to work from home. Um, there, you know, the I do think that this whole idea of like everybody working from home and it's easy, I think that's a little overblown. There are a lot of things that you need to do on in person, but there's a lot of work that you do not need to be at an office for, like way more work than we're comfortable admitting. We can easily do from home. And like, I hope that some of these things that like COVID-19 is forcing us to change and do, I really hope those things stay. So I'm a multiple. Okay. There, there are multiple things that you said that I, I think I want to respond to first being like, I'd call that woman a raggedy, you know what, to her face. Um, primarily because it's dishonest to say that it's financial literacy affecting folks who cannot survive a two-month hit two months to their wallets two months that's you're a liar you're a liar and that's because the math simply doesn't add up forget let's take race out of the equation let's take the average pay the median income for all of america do the math distribute over 12 months and then take two of those months out and then weigh that against the bills that they're going to be paying Folks are going to have to sell homes. Folks are going to have to. And and that's not if like someone in the home actually gets sick or kids are also out of school for two months. So you got to find like some way to take care of them or care give while they're at home. Um, That's not to to mention whether or not, you know, you're you're, you're lucky you own property. Well, rent isn't coming in. So now you're still going to have to pay your mortgage as well as mortgage and whatever it is. So whatever property it is that you own, if we're being super generous and you're, you're middle class or whatever the heck. So it just, it's entirely dishonest to say that it's financial literacy, not plain old, not freaking having it. You cannot squeeze blood from a stone. Right. No. So that, that really, really upset me. And then yeah. um, there are folks that we're not even thinking about right now. So like I was having a conversation with a friend and he was telling me about how, um, You know, there's an entire community of caregivers who aren't doctors who are going to be interacting with your grandparents and great-grandparents in their nursing homes or who are caring for differently-abled communities um, and are making $8.75 an hour. 
and are still going to have to balance all of these different patients and all these different communities over the course of this pandemic. Lots of people are going to die if we do not have a sincere conversation about what is happening right now and what we need to do in order to mitigate these things. Like, I've been reading about rent freezes. I've been re- reading about, um, you know, putting a thousand dollars a month in people's pockets. Shout out to Andrew Yang. Um, but like it feels incredibly dishonest to not examine the system as a whole and say, okay, what is happening? Why is it happening this way? And what are the ways in which we can mitigate this? One really interesting example that I saw was that in DC, there was a whole, um, restaurant group. They had, I want to say four to five restaurants under the same umbrella that refused to close despite DC's mayor kind of issuing I want to say a command, but whatever, yeah. a command to make sure that all of DC's um, restaurants close for patrons. And it's like, <sighs> the owner himself is saying, okay, well, I'm going to go bankrupt. I understand that. That's literally the conversation we were just having right. about taking two months of pay out of people's pockets. At the same time, if you have five restaurants and... You know, you're going to take a, a hit from all of this. There are many, many different ways in which you can mitigate um, your risks that are much more available to you than they are to, say, the folks who are washing dishes in your restaurant or people who are busting tables or the wait staff in general. So, like, it just seemed very irresponsible and selfish. Um, yeah, I think irresponsibility and, and selfishness slash greed are how we got here. No, I mean, it, it, that. no you're, you're 100% right. And I think... You know, and this is also not like a politics podcast <laughs> or even like but it is what it is though like this platform is about amplifying and centering un- marginalized experiences at work and like this all relates back to work so I don't think this is like this is not out of our wheelhouse it's just interesting how to just life and I think this like really just exemplifies why we do this because just the way the world is set up like if you are a marginalized person in this in this country, you have to work somewhere. And so this impacts you. Right. But, you know, it's interesting because when you look at, like, the airline industry and, like, you know, the commentary is that, you know, they need, I think they asked for, like, what, $50 billion? And so they're talking about they need, like, another $50 billion. Which even, is wild. Which is wild when you think about the past, like, 10 years. They've received more than more than that. Um uh, and, and and bailouts and but but use the money for stock buybacks, so they right. should be flush with cash. But they manage the finances improperly, and now they need more money. And it's like, like to your point around greed, it's just so scary because like even now there's like you know there's news coming out that uh, the current occupier of the White House is going to be essentially like asking like trying to get the same thing. I'm like, yo, why are we bailing them out again without any additional? Uh, regulations or like right. to, to protect these employees. And I think like when you know, like just it's what's frustrating for me as I like look at the news and I sit in a position of privilege that I'm even able to like sit on my couch, look at my computer, look on social media and keep up with the news. Like I'm not I have enough privilege that I'm not scared about how I'm going to eat or if I'm going to get paid in another like 13 days like I'm confident right. that I'm going to get paid I'm confident like I have I see a plan in front of me right but what's scary is like there's a lot of effort that's being done to like maintain like that like middle class and up but like the bottom of our pyramid 
of, our, of this capitalistic pyramid is crumbling. Like there are people who are really hurting. And like, yep. I think about that. I think about like all of the different gig workers. I think about, I think about family members who are in the service industry doing like really good work and got laid off. Right. And like literally the whole company is like, yeah, we're all, we're up in smoke. Like we don't know what we're going to do. Like we're yep. going to have to figure everything else out. And like, they're just stuck. Like think about getting laid off in California. Like you're in California. Right. Your, your rent is like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars and you split it with like three other people. And you and you don't have a job. Like that's scary. That's a that's that's a terrifying position to be in. Um so you know, not to be a downer, y'all, like the point is like we're here with y'all. Um we empathize. We're really excited about the rest of the content. This is a long episode. So some of y'all like long episodes because um, I've gotten feedback about that. So buckle up. Um, let's talk a little bit about favorite things, like just to kind of to end it on a higher note. Ade, <laughs> Ade what are your favorite things right now like that you're doing as you're working from home, as you're self-quarantined? Uh, shout out to Netflix. Um, so I'm actually really obsessed currently with this show called Strong on Netflix. Um, and it essentially follows like um, 10 women who go on this reality TV show. And I'm, I'm not really a reality TV show person because I can never keep up with what's happening. But um, it's a really well done TV show. Um, and each person kind of gets to work on their own like mental strength and grit. Um, and I think I've mentioned more than once how important suddenly grit has become to me. Yeah. So that's uh, one of my current favorite things. Um, another favorite thing that I think I've mentioned on this app before, but that is, again, uh, becoming even more relevant to me. It's, called, it's um, an app called Tide. If you guys don't remember what it is, it's this app that originally what I used it for was just to fall asleep. I was it chronic insomniac? Um, and, you know, it would play like storms, like thunderstorms, which I love. Um, but they also added like a nap button and a focus button. So if you find yourself needing to concentrate or meditate or anything like that, um, really, really cool um, option available to you. Um, and then last thing, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna call it good. Another thing that I use for meditating is called um, Tibetan Bowls. It's a playlist on Spotify, and it, they just like really depending on you know whether or not you like that sort of thing, you might you might enjoy the playlist. And actually, I like last thing, uh, Janae Aiko's most recent album called Jerome. Oh boy. I like from beginning to end. I think I start sobbing somewhere around like ten thousand hours. Um, Pray for you is just a bob and a half. Speak is it for me. Um, and I want you to know that I'm I'm literally naming these off the top of my head. Uh, Happiness over everything is me and my best friend. <laughs> like the theme song. Um, love I think was just amazing. I've never imagined, you know, myself getting married, but if I ever made oh. that fatal mistake, it would probably, like, Lightning and Thunder would probably be on um, the playlist. So, yeah, 
yeah, no, those are my favorite things. Um, I hope you guys, you guys enjoy those things. Check them out. Let me know how you feel. All of those things. That's dope. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, definitely shout out to your favorite things. That's a good list. Um, I think Ooh. about that, that Janae Aiko album is great. I'm surprised you didn't say BS was one of your favorite tracks. That song was jammy. This perfect level of toxicity. So I really like BS. Um, there were points in the song that I didn't like. Like, I just saw your new girl. It boosts my self esteem. That's like a, a sticking point in my head for me because, <laughs> um, like, I'm just personally of the mind that like the new girl didn't do anything to you. There was That's no need to, to like be no, shady be, to you her. Be, you're not gonna be nasty about it. Yeah, like you can you can be finer because Janae Aiko is like objectively a thirteen out of ten. Um, she is. It's true. That's fair. But like, come on, that yeah, was yeah, that was nice. I don't. Nasty. I don't believe in women being terrible to other women because of you know the men they have in common. Um, I believe in women just being terrible to each other because they're terrible people, and you're allowed to be because you're multifaceted beings. Right. Um. I think that's like the patriarchy, right? Like you like the fact that you need, you don't don't have to attack another woman. It's okay. Like right. the scarcity mindset. Like there's plenty to go around for everybody. You don't have to be right. To be um, and yeah, no, I actually I I do like BS. Um, it's just that one song, that one line. Every time I hear it, just like Rubs you cringe right. and it sours the whole song for me. Because it's like if I ever ran into an ex of mine, and I, or at least the exes that I don't like, and I met their partner at the time. I wouldn't say, oh, she looks terrible. I would. Never mind. Yeah. It's tough, huh? But it, w- it wouldn't have anything to do with her now. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So let me think about it. So, yeah, my favorite things. Yo, um, you know, my wife and I are really, really um, in like pre parenting mode. So we're like mm-hmm. we're nesting, getting the house ready. The nursery You're is happy. ready. Yeah, real talk. I'm about to be a dad. Um, I demand photos of the nursery, by the way. I haven't seen anything, and I know you've taken the most gorgeous portraits. Oh, thank so, you. like, did you not see? You that? didn't see Candace's uh, maternity pictures? No. Oh, that's wild. Okay, well, yeah, I'll send them to you. Um, the only reason I get on Instagram is to find um, workout routines and body goals. I don't really and to post shady things. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to see how. I was <laughs> uh, okay. So, favorite things. You know, I'm gonna tell you honestly, one of my favorite things right now. So living corporate, um, it's not ready yet. So when it's ready, y'all will see because we'll do a little press run. But we're actually working on some merch for y'all. And yes. And so, um, you know what? I had, of course, a good, um, you know, person who's like a good like who's trying to like do the merch and make sure it's quality. You get the sample sent to you first so you can kind of feel it. You can see what's up. It's just it's it's a critical part of what you do. And so one of the pieces of merch that we've we have in in design is uh, like a onesie uh, with like a living corporate baby Mm -hmm. onesie. And so I sent I got that mocked up and it's sent over and it looks really, really good. It's really cute. Um, The fabric looks good. The print is good. The color is good. So I'm excited about that. So that's a favorite thing. Uh, Another favorite thing. Honestly, I was watching like a Miles Davis documentary on Netflix, uh, which was great. And um, you gotta I, tell me, gotta tell you what? what the title it's called Miles Davis, uh, Birth of the Cool. This is in 2019, too, so this is like it's been out for a little bit. Um, so okay. one, I, I don't want to talk about Miles Davis without talking about the fact that, like, he definitely ran through 
um, black women like tissue paper in terms of like, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, no, like Miles Davis would not exist without the myriad of black women that um, that gave of themselves so sacrificially so that he could not only stay alive, but like also like continue to create all of the like the different genres that he that he was responsible for. Like we have nothing but black women to thank for Miles Davis and like all of his uh, innumerable contributions to to jazz and just like right. and just the art space in general. So like shout out to black women once again. Thank you all. Um, but the, the documentary itself was incredible. And it really like put me back onto jazz. Like I've been really listening to a lot of jazz. So like one of my favorite things right now, like because we're working from home and we're just, you know, we're chilling. HISD is closed until like the 10th of April. And so uh, my bad Houston independent school district Uh, It's closed till uh, till April 10th. And like 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 a myriad of other school districts around the nation, they're just, you know, everything's just sitting in rice right now. Uh, (laughs) And so so my wife and I like we sit sit in the living room and she's like reading a book and I'm you know, I'm doing I'm working and I'm seeing like um and I'm and we're just listening to jazz like and it just it's great like and I part of me feels old because like but it's like I am an old soul for sure but I'm also like dang wait this is really fire and like when you think about the the doc, I guess like the other I guess my other my other favorite thing is this documentary because it's just so good it like it reminds me about like how black jazz is and like how how much of a statement it was politically yeah. socially culturally like it was a huge statement. They were just making incredible, like super dope music. Um, That's real. Yeah. So I just, I love that. Um, and then, you know, I think my, my last favorite thing that I will, I'm going to shout out um, is y'all is the living corporate uh, team. Like we're just, this is, this has been an incredible run. Like we've been making so much content. Like, we have a lot of content y'all. Like we have more stuff that we're not going to announce right now, uh, but that we're cooking up really excited for the summer whether we're cooped up at home or if we're Mm -hmm. out and about this content is going to be really great it's going to be really powerful we have some partnerships that are coming pretty soon that i'm excited about and um just really excited to announce and talk a little bit more about so um but that wouldn't be possible without like the living corporate team so um you know we've been we've had we've caught some features like recently we were on forbes and then we were on voyage um and then before that we were on mogul millennial and then before that, we were on like Black Texas Magazine. So like we've yeah. we're just growing, and like those things wouldn't happen without everybody. So uh, those are my favorite things. That's dope. Um, I'm I'm really excited because I don't know. It feels like it, it took a long time to get here, um, and in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take that long actually. Um, but it just feels so incredibly good to be here um, and working on so many different things that are I think an important part of ourselves and our development so yeah I I, I think that we're finally in a place where we're like really building um things that matter to us things that are important um and having the time of our lives doing so so yeah yeah I love it here (laughs) for sure no I love it here too I think I think you know we talked about like, so we're episode 200 and it's like, I remember there was a point like we got started and it was just like, we, you know, there was so many different like points of view, um, kind of like where things could go. And, you know, we had a lot of different cooks in the kitchen, a lot of different, like really strong perspectives. And like, 
I do feel as if like the past like three or four months, it's been like, oh, this is like like we had fun last year. But like 2020, like despite everything that's going on and like this year being just completely bonkers, I'm really excited about where we're going. Uh, Okay, well, look, y'all, we're uh, some time in the next things you're going to be hearing are two interviews. Okay, so hang tight, like roll with us. We have a conversation uh, with Shanisha that she's going to be facilitating with Deirdre Wright. And then we have uh, some insights on career management, working from home and kind of like the future of work um, in the midst of COVID-19. And those are insights from Letitia Bird. Really excited for y'all to check this out and we'll catch y'all next time. In the meantime, this has been Zach. And Ade. See y'all soon. What's up, Living Corporate? It's Shanisha here, and today we'll be discussing working remote. So working remote right now, according to the CDC, there are over 3,487 cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. Of those cases, 205 are related to travel, 214 are close contact, 3,068 are under investigation. And currently, since we're recording today, this could potentially be capped because there may be more. But this is as of current. Uh, Most organizations are suggesting that employees work remote out of an abundance of precautions to prevent the risk of exposure to the virus. With constant notifications of COVID-19, it's hard to focus and keep up the employee morale. So today, we have a guest to share insight about working remotely. Our guest helps professionals get careers and clients they love through personal branding, so opportunities come to you. She's a frequent speaker on podcasts, being here at Living Corporate, so we're welcoming her back. Webinars and conferences, including events with Barack Obama, Colin Powell, America Farah. Our guest has been seen on Essence.com, Savoy Magazine, with Oprah on the cover, and created viral LinkedIn posts with over 37,000 views. Currently, she's the owner of Strategic Stories, LLC, providing business and personal brand consulting. Let's welcome our guest, Deidre Wright. Deidre, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Absolutely. How are you? Um, overall, I'm blessed, but I'll have to tell you, you know, pandemics don't happen that often, so it's a little interesting <laughs> these days. <laughs> it's very much different, very much different. So, I've given the intro. Could you share more insight about you? Who is Deidre? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I'm a two-time award-winning corporate executive. I actually switched between four different fields um, in, in corporate, including insurance, the media, healthcare, DNI. My last role was a DNI um, diversity inclusion director at a magazine, in which I actually worked 100% remote for two years. And I was laid off in December around the holidays. I wanted to use my experience to empower minority professionals to get their dream careers, clients, and brand visibility. So really, I empower you know, our people to level up in their career in corporate. And I want to be here to share advice on how to level up your remote working career. That's good. That's great. And I'm so glad we have you here. And speaking about careers, I see that, again, as I mentioned in the intro, you have your business, Strategic Stories. Could you tell us more about your yeah, brand? Yes. 
I will. And so, um, as you guys know, as I told you, I was a diversity inclusion director working with different corporations while I was at a magazine. And, like, my biggest takeaway from that experience is that, um, you know, corporations do not recognize minority talent. You know, they're always looking for diverse recruitment, but they're not really investing inside, you know, who's actually there in the business making differences, you know, making things happen. And so in order to diversify the C-suite within corporations, I'm coaching entrepreneurs and employees to clarify their dream career and business plans, you know, to brand yourself, to grow your network, value and visibility, and then pitch your dream opportunities so that you are doing work you love, you're in the media, and you're getting dream clients. So that's really what empowered me to do this job and also like why I care so much about it. And I'm so glad that you do and that you are helping people find a job that they love because I know it's so hard to wake up every morning and to go to some place that you just absolutely despise or that doesn't recognize your culture or recognize you as a part of the team or a place that you can't really identify with the culture and you want to expand and build upon your brand. So thank you so much for strategic stories and what you do. It's amazing. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So what tips would you like to provide the professionals who have found themselves in this new space of working remote? That's a great question. A lot of people, they might work remote if they do, like maybe once in a blue moon or around the holidays, but it's not a full-time thing. And like I said, I worked 100% remote, meaning all of me and my coworkers all worked at our homes in various cities, various states. And I will say, if nothing else you remember of this interview, of this discussion, is to remember to grow, which stands for goals, routine, outreach, and wellness. If you focus on those four things, you'll be successful, happy, and healthy when it comes to that. So set goals, keep and maintain routine, outreach to others, and then really maintain your wellness, whether that's on the mental or physical side of health. That is good. That is super good because right now with this wellness and working remote, I think I might have gained probably about two or three pounds in just three, four days. I don't know. <laughs> I will tell you this, Shanisha, like real talk, um, after over a year and some change of working remotely, and my friends did not believe this, but I had the receipts, I gained over 40 pounds uh, working remotely. Luckily, I carry my weight well, but it can happen if you don't move. Um it will pack on the pounds. See, and nobody tell they don't tell you this. They don't tell you. <laughs> no one tells you this. No one tells you this. So to grow, that is an excellent acronym. And I hope our listeners are taking notes. That's an ex- excellent, excellent acronym to go by. So what does productivity look like working remotely with external distractions like COVID-19? How do we manage right. those external distractions to keep high work performance if we're not in the office or if it, we were in the office? Right, and so I'll say the same tips I give today would happen whether you're in a pandemic or it's a regular day or it's a hurricane or earthquake. Think about this. Although it's a growing crisis, like there's things that happen, you know, at a drop of a hat, a hurricane kind of happens, earthquake. So these are things you can do regardless of it's a good time to work remotely or something happens. But I will say nothing else, you know, create goals and set boundaries. Goals help you know what you're doing and what you're working towards. And also, it's very vital that you communicate those goals to others so that your your manager notes what you're working on. They know the progress. And also, you're able to demonstrate that you're getting things done, you're efficient. Because I honestly find that I work more efficiently at home versus the office. 
uh, mm. for various reasons. And so I say if nothing else, have those goals, communicate them, and create updates on them. And the boundaries are very, very crucial too. So once you have those goals, how do you make sure they happen? Well, you have to set your boundaries with people in your home. Like typically when you work remote, there's not really anybody around. But right now during this crisis, people are around. If you have kids, if you have spouses, roommates, everyone's at home. So eliminate those distractions by communicating, hey, I have meetings from this time to this time. I can't have any distractions. Can you please be quiet? Or here's a key time we're going to play, you know, child and then I need you to be quiet for mommy and daddy or whatever and then you have to have boundaries with people you work with so have routine meetings and check-ins so you know like hey I'm available between this hour or these hours but in between time let me get my work done so I'm gonna only gonna I'm gonna only check my emails during these hours and I would say do not check your emails every five minutes have scheduled times that you're like hey maybe at 10 o'clock in the morning and maybe at 3 o'clock in the afternoon is when I check my emails because I need to stay focused on the task. But have those boundaries. And then share your, ex- your expectations on follow-up. So if you have an email, how long are you going to respond? Do you have within a 24-hour time frame, 48 hours, but set and communicate those expectations with people. And then lastly, have the boundaries with yourself. I would say have a key work area. Try not to work on your bed. Try to have a, and people without big spaces. Clearly mean like, hey, I don't work on my bed or I work on my kitchen table, but I work in this one area. And once I leave that area, I'm no longer working. And then with the news right now in the pandemic, have set times you check the news. Like I said, maybe it's like every couple hours, but just have those boundaries and keep your goals and you'll be very productive during any time that you're working remotely. This is good. Definitely um, the boundaries and making sure that you're, like you said, not checking those notifications or those emails. And also, too, with your, your teammates, you know, setting that time off possibly on your calendar to say this is the time that you're busy um, and this is the time that you're available and sharing that with them possibly. Is that a good idea for the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Like I, I would like to have. Like I prefer having set times. Like me and my old manager, we would have every two weeks. We'll have a meeting just to just to talk. Uh, we, I, I work pretty much like by myself, and I'm pretty good at that. If you have bigger teams, maybe you have an hour with every teammate, or maybe it's like one hour during the day. You check in, figure out what that is, so you have that blocked off time, but also that you give people the freedom to get their work done. Because I don't know about you. But the way I was working, I was the only one working out of California. I'm from the Bay Area. My boss was in Chicago. We were all in different time zones. So your morning and my morning might be different. And I don't necessarily want to get emails, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning and be expected to to respond to them. So I would say just have those check-in times to help you keep your sanity and your teammates across time zones. That's good. And that's also, too, showing respect for one another um, and managing that. And then, too, you still let them know that, hey, I'm going to get back with you, so we'll check back in at this time. I really like that. That's important. So, what most time... And then, also, I would add with your family, because um, obviously it's a different time now, but sometimes people are like, oh, well, you're at home, so you can take my phone calls, and we can chit-chat, or do some laundry, or whatever. Like, set those boundaries. Like, hey, like, yeah, I'm at home, but I am working, so you have to be clear on that, and... I would also say make sure you check out. I actually found that I was working more, and we can talk about it later, more than at an office because you live at your office. So try to have those times where you're clear about when you're not available, but also leave the computer alone at a set time and do not check 
for the rest of the day. Yeah, because you actually you need to be more well-rounded. So that good work-life balance, I think, is super important. Um, and knowing that when you are at that one set place and you're working, that you're being productive, you're knocking things out. At the same time, you're leaving that space for balance when you are done to be able to spend time with your family. Because like you said, they may not understand that you're home. <laughs> I'm home, but I'm working. <laughs> understand that, right. please. Um, so that's that's good to definitely know, to know that. I really like that. That's important. So most times when we're working remotely, we're alone. Like you're saying, you were out in California. Your teammates were elsewhere working. What are three best practices you would suggest in regards to managing our energy and keeping personal morale up during a time like this? Yes, um, I think that's a very key thing because it can be isolating working um, when you're alone, meaning like you're away from office, you're not having that water cooler talk. And also energy because you're kind of, especially now, um, I'm in a shelter um, city. Well, basically, I'm in the Bay Area. We're told to stay home. So unless it's something essential, you're not supposed to leave your house. So I'm really like on house arrest kind of right now. And so it's hard, to, you know, because you feel like you're kind of isolated. But I would say to keep your energy up and keep your morale up, I would say just practice gratitude, maintain your wellness, and connect face-to-face. And gratitude, I always start my day off. Counting my blessings, and whether you have different kind of spiritual uh, backgrounds, it's not really about that. It's more like, hey, having something to show um, appreciation from kind of sets you with the right attention for your day because you're thinking, wow, I'm so lucky I have access to the internet. I'm so lucky I'm able to do a job remotely. I'm so lucky. And you say that because it helps you ground your day and start off on a good foot. And then nextly, I will tell you to take breaks. Um, according to research done by Brendan Burchard, who is a, a – a high performance coach and studies this. He showed he he learned that if you want to be, feel more energized, creative, and effective at work, you should take breaks to give your mind and body a break. And that's every forty five to sixty minutes. So every hour, take a break from your brain for your body. And all you have to really do is just maybe stand up for two minutes, or stretch it out, or maybe walk around your apartment or house. But Literally doing that will make you way more productive and successful. So taking that kind of wellness kind of check and break will be great. And I would say typically leave the house, but in my situation, it's not really what's advised right now. So I'll just say have that face-to-face connection. We have so many great technology um, opportunities now. There is FaceTime. There's Instagram. You know, there's different ways to meet up with your friends and family if you're not locally in you so I would just say have that face-to-face connection with your boss do a zoom versus you know texting or do whatever but having some kind of face-to-face helps you keep the human side of it it helps you hopefully feel like happy to see the person and then it keeps you grounded and keep your energy flowing during this time when we're at home um sometimes against our will <laughs> not against your will <laughs> I'm just saying shade no <laughs> But no, this is good, though, to have a moment where you're taking a break and stepping away. Because I know for me at times, I could definitely just be in the zone and say, this task has to be done. And I can look up and it's been hours I've been working on this one thing. And you may feel like you're being productive, but you've read the same paragraph three times. Like, you're not being productive. (laughs) You have to take a second and step away. And then I know for me, it may not be for anyone else. Sometimes I feel guilty. Like, oh, I stepped away for a moment this time that I could have been doing this. But realistically, would you have been doing that? 
So I <laughs> I like this idea of taking a moment, 45 minutes, step away, two minutes for yourself or something. I don't know. This could be the time you could be doing a few jumping jacks. We did say. I'm checking on right. wellness. Get that blood flow. So this is important to make sure that we are keeping our energy up, especially at a time like this with there's so much going on and you're with your family most of the day that you may not be with them all day. Uh, <laughs> so now... <Yeah. laughs> This is seven days a week. What is it? 24-7, literally, right now. Um, So, when working remotely, you don't find yourself being able to engage with those in a C-suite or network throughout the office. Deidre, could you share how can opportunities be obtained by being remote? And how do we get connected and stay connected? That is a key question. It's funny because, from my experience, like, I've... I've connected with way more C-suite influencers and power network more than before. When I think the key thing is know that barriers are kind of social constructs. You think about people with a, a corner office or org charts. Those are all superficial things. And I say that because just because someone has an office doesn't mean you can't, you know, knock on the door and make introductions. So online, it's kind of the same thing. I would say with that, shoot your shot for connecting. Um, my process for that, because I'm a very process-oriented person, is figure out what your goals are. What's your goals? Is it to promote your career? Is it to grow your business? Is it just to network? Once you have your goal kind of identified, think about who is the person to add, to add to your network to make it happen. Is that your boss? Is that your boss's boss? Is that prospects and clients? But who do you want to connect with to help make your goal happen? Then figure out where are they at? Where can you find these people, you know, and there's virtual places to find them if you're not, you know, at the office. Um, there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter, those online messengers. Um, I know some offices have them like Link or whatever, or Skype or Zoom. And I say that because you can find a lot of C-suite people and probably you might have more access to them online um, or on Twitter. Like, I, there's so many people on Twitter right now who are like in charge of VC. Um, firms of you know influence in different industries and that I've been connecting with during this pandemic and before because they're online now you know people are online more than ever so I don't think it's more about having to be physically somewhere but find where they're at next picture opportunity okay is that a one-on-one you know informational interview that you can do via zoom is that I want to lead a training or a webinar now that everyone's online about maybe my subject of expertise or how to even use zoom or how to get through this you know goal setting during the you know working remotely or maybe it's a podcast like with this I pitch this opportunity I'm like hey I have some information to help people get through this transition and working remotely you know, with your podcast like the information and you guys received it because it will be great for your audience. Um, but pitch the opportunity. And then next and lastly, trade value. You can't just add or network with someone without thinking, what, how can I help bring value to their life? So what is that? Is it trading strategies, best practices, referring business, business opportunities? But when, whenever you're trying to network, whether they're C-suite, you know, or the gender, whoever it is, offer some value and I'm sure that your network would grow tremendously. These are some really, really good tips. Uh, so basically, Letitia, I think even said it uh, with her series on the weekends here, is turning those connections into conversations. So if we're not able to knock on that door, like you said, in the C-suite, possible looking at that your org chart. Uh, LinkedIn and making those connections 
and really going a step further beyond what you normally would because it's kind of as if with us being remote that we kind of have to overcompensate would you say with our communications yeah, being I, would in say, I would say if nothing else lean more into it because mm. what happens before is uh, one thing when you're at an office you kind of stumble upon people right mm-hmm. and so it seems like an inconvenience like oh I didn't mean to bother you but can I borrow all three minutes of your time right it seems like Dang, this person at my cube or at my office is annoying. But at this point, you can either opt into an email or opt out. And I say that because I can say, hey, Shanisha, like, I want to talk to you for, like, 30 minutes. Is that okay? You have the choice to say yes or no. But more than likely, you have the ownership saying, yes, I want to do this. So I think it actually forms better relationships because it gives you an out to not connect with me. So I think if nothing else, like leverage this opportunity now where people are more open to communication and interested and have the time. So shoot your shot. Right. Because they're, I mean, locked in <laughs> just <laughs> as much as we are right now. So I'm pretty sure they would be more than glad uh, to have that email come across or that instant messenger pop up um, and have someone else to talk to. So these are good tips. These are good tips. So I, I just think that Hopefully, if nothing else, take some of these tips throughout when it's normal schedule, you know, when you're back at the office. Because Absolutely. like I said, I think to a certain aspect, some of these things are barriers are in our brain. They're not real barriers. It's like, how can I, no matter what, connect with people and also connect around the world. You do not have to be in an office to to connect meaningfully with your coworker, or with your CEO or with anybody Use your value, connect with people, and really be a, right now, be of service to people while they're going through some of the most challenging parts of their lives. Definitely, because this time is different um, than what we normally would expect or when things, like you said, a hurricane or a tornado, whatever, um, comes into place. It's a different time now, so having your headset or your headspace in the right place to be able to have those conversations and connect with people. It's it's different. It's different. But we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. <laughs> According to Flex Jobs, 80% of remote job workers experience less job stress. So does working remote increase job satisfaction? If yes, how so? And if not, how can we approve this experience? Yeah, so I don't know where you um, are located. But like I said, I live in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area. And we have a train service called BART. And I will say, I used to have a commute on there over an hour, and now I don't. And I would say my life has tremendously improved just by not having that commute time. And I say that because it's it's an interesting experience between the people on it, the issues. So that's just one aspect that helps me out, saves me the money, saves Mm -hmm. me the stress. So imagine other ways it helps me out because it gives me more autonomy over what I'm doing, flexibility to be there. And um, as I mentioned to you, I have a son, and I, um, I'm a single mom, and it's been very helpful to me to be there at, like, school events when I want to be there versus before, and then freedom, because um, the way my job was set up, and now I'm an entrepreneur, so, you know, I, I set up my own job, but before, my company was like, as long as you get your work done, we don't care where you're at, so I used to go to a lot of conferences, events, I used to travel, I could literally work, you know, at the pool or at the beach, so I love the fact that I have that freedom, autonomy, and productivity because like I said before people I'm a very extroverted person and 
which is great, you know, but people will come to my cube all the time, and so I'm like, how do I stay productive because I want to socialize, but I also want to, like, do my job, right. <laughs> you know, so I think for me, I'm more productive, and I'm just happier because it's less of that stress, and I get to be there for events that matter to me, which happen to be with my family. I really, I really like that. Uh, being able to work remote and kind of make your own schedule, I think that's, like you said, and taking off the commute is what really takes away the stress. Because <laughs> if you look at it on average, right? So if you have your your nine to five, really you're working almost the way I picture it in my head, and I could be wrong or crazy, you're working 12 to 14 hours because the time it takes you to wake up, get dressed, get on the road, battle through traffic, get to work, work your hours, get back in the car, drive back home, you're debriefing from work. It takes a lot. So if you're able to manage your own schedule and get your work done productively and be efficient in what you do, um, and still are able to just input or insert in certain areas that free time um, that you like, I think that's what really increases that job satisfaction, as you were saying. Like, I mean, before that, I had a different job. I was working in insurance, and um, I remember one night I was in the office after midnight. Like, I didn't get home to like, I don't know, almost 2 in the morning. Stop And, I mean, it, and I say this because this is real talk. Like, you know, I'm already, my commute's an hour. It's, over, you know, the, the trains I've been really working at to get like a Uber or a Lyft and whatever to get back home. And I'm saying, this is real talk, so it's like, just, it, I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing to work that long, but if I could at least do the job from home, it would have been a different experience versus like, I have to really rely on, um, you know, my network of childcare and I have that, I'm fortunate to have that, but not everyone does. So think about this, there's a certain barrier to your career if you don't have childcare or even for your parents, you have to take care of your, your parents and you have to, it's, it's, a, it's a barrier, you think about inclusion, it's like how do we get more people in the workplace doing things they love how they want to do it well be flexible to your employees and they'll be loyal to you and so even after this situation I want companies to really consider why they don't allow remote work because I know my my that job that I had did not allow it for it and I'm like you know what if I would have been able to remote work remotely I probably would have been more productive and so it's all about how do we have more access to people to work, be productive, be happier. And I hope, if nothing else, for the outcome from this event that's at least positive is that companies are more flexible in the way that they care for their employees and the way they let their employees work for their company. And I really hope organizations can see that now from, from this experience. Or after this is over, hopefully, uh, seeing how working remote can be a uh, awesome experience and opportunity for their employees and allow employees to see how great this opportunity is and how much more productive they can be because it's almost as if being in the workplace is a little bit more distracting than it would be if you were home because in that instance where the kids are going to school you're able to do a little bit more in my opinion every job should be remote no you know we can come in as you need to well it's interesting though too because some certain companies were doing that so it was a trend that was happening where a lot of companies are doing that open concept thing and like eliminating offices because they realize real estate's expensive especially in the bay area so if we have less offices and people work remotely we'll save x amount of million dollars a year and so it was kind of happening more like 
from a money saving aspect, but I think now from a people and a, just a business continuity aspect, they have to do that and should do it. So I think it's very important. And, and like I said, I hope people think about the bigger picture and hopefully when they listen to this in the future, they're still getting value from it, from just exploring working remotely. But thing about this is you've got to be able to work from anywhere uh, because that's a better way to serve customers and just to retain good employees. Yes, and we definitely want organizations to retain good employees. Uh, how, so with everything going on right now with COVID-19, how do we manage COVID-19 and do stress working remotely? Because you're getting notifications, you're not able to leave your home. Um, you know, we're having to take extra precautions, if not already, if you are able to leave your home to go get things, water, toilet tissue, which I'm so not, I still don't understand what that is about. I'm in Georgia right now, so I still don't understand what that is about, about toilet tissue being taken. Um, people aren't able to do, <laughs> people aren't, aren't able to do what they would normally like to do. And it's stressful. And so I'm calling it COVID-induced stress. How do we manage that <laughs> working at home because I'm on my laptop and I'm doing work or I have my iPad and I'm working and there's constant notifications popping up or you have, you know, family or friends, whoever is sending you these text messages about COVID-19 and there's just so much going on. So it can be stressful. How do we manage that? Uh, that is like a million dollar question. Um, but I will just say prioritize your safety. Like at the end of the day, I mean, we're not going to care about our careers if we aren't safe, you know, if, if our loved one is sick or we're sick or just, I mean, you can't get more than toilet paper. I mean, that's important, but in the grand scheme of things, like, it's prioritized safety. Once you are in a safe place and, you, and everyone that you care about is safe, like I said, set boundaries. Like, no, hey, here's what I'm going to get done today, and, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. So, as I mentioned to you, in between working, I'm homeschooling my son. And not only am I homeschooling my son, who's seven years old, like, he goes to a Chinese immersion school, and I have to learn how to teach him Chinese, which I don't know how to speak Chinese. Whoa. So I say that because I'm being very patient with myself. I'm like, hey, there's only so much I can do to get my work done, you know, be there for my family, stay safe, you know, and get, well, not only teach my son, but, like, enjoy being with him and have fun and keep a healthy environment for him because kids are depending on adults to set the mold. I don't want my son panicking right now. If I panic and show that to him, it's going to have him panic. It's not It's not right. Mm-hmm. And so on top of that, it's like part of me having my boundaries is like I said, I, I can't watch the news all the time now. Like I have my check-in points. I'm like, okay, it's my time to check on the news, see what's happening, then check back out because I'm not going to be a service to anybody if I'm stressed out and not prioritizing my health. And I mean, from a public health and safety, we know that more stressed people have lower immune systems. So mm. how am I going to protect myself during a pandemic if I'm doing things to sabotage my immune system? It doesn't make sense. And then lastly, be resourceful. If you can, rely on your coworkers' help cover some things. I know they're going through things. If you can, maybe try to figure out the trade activities or, or responsibilities if you can find resources, a lot of different resources online to help people transition through this hard time. Uh, you know, whether it's online services or just social services, but there are things, but prioritize your safety, have boundaries and be resourceful. And hopefully if nothing else, that will give you some kind of peace. But I mean, we all have to do the best we can do for our own personal lives. 
That's good. Stay safe, guys. Stay safe and have those boundaries. Deidre, what is the key takeaway you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, the key takeaway is this is not a normal remote work experience. This is not. I'm telling you right now, I worked remotely for a while. I have never had this experience. The closest thing I had was my son being on a summer break and having to figure out, you know, how to watch him. But at least with that, there were summer programs, but this never really ever happened. So please don't let this turn you off to working remotely or your, your employees too, because it's not the typical situation. But if nothing else, remember to grow, which is to focus on your goals, routine, outreach with other people, and your wellness. Because if you do that, you will be fine. Thank you. And thank you for highlighting that this is not normal (laughs) as far as we're remote. And please do not be turned off. It's an exceptional experience. It's none like any other. And you heard the stats. 80% of people who work jobs remote are satisfied with their work. And you've done it for two years and have had awesome experiences. So, do not be turned off. It's, this is not normal. It's not. It gets better. It gets better, guys. They just stick with us hanging there. Hold on. Just It gets better. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share about working remote or strategic stories? Yeah. And so, I would say this. Like, I always like to be of service to people. And so, for some of you guys who want more customized, you know, tips on how to work from home and transition right now, I'm offering pro bono 20-minute strategy calls. If you want to talk about, hey, here are some issues I'm having with working remotely. How can I maintain my career goals while working remotely and trying to transition? All you have to do is go to djwright.com backslash remote work. And I'm happy to, you know, guide you on that. Um, it's like I said, pro bono, but it's more for keeping you guys happy, healthy, and keeping our workforce, especially minority workforce, you know, thriving in this challenging time. So I'm happy to do that for you guys. Please, please, please check out her website and follow you on LinkedIn, correct? Yeah, you can find me at Deidre Wright. That is D-E-I-D-R-E-W-R-I-G-H-T. And then you can find me on Twitter as well as Instagram at Deidre Wright. And it's right like you're writing a book. So D-E-I-D-R-E-W-R-I-T-E. Okay, perfect, perfect. Any shout outs? Yeah, I have to shout out to all the companies who've been providing working from remote as a as a lifestyle or as a as a business um, policy prior to this because you guys are actually ahead of the game in this 2020. Why weren't people working remotely beforehand? And then I have to shout out all the healthcare workers, public health professionals, risk management professionals who are doing everything right now on the front lines to protect people and businesses. So they can thrive and be okay during this period. Without you guys, your expertise, whether you're on actually in the field or using your um, advice from you know afar to help people, I really appreciate you and keep on doing great work to help us during this hard time. Mm-hmm, that is good. Thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing, and thank you, Deidre, for joining us today. And guys, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> This too shall pass. We're we're, we're going to make it through. We're going to make it through. And that's our show. Thank you for joining us on the Living Corporate Podcast. Be sure to follow Deidre on her LinkedIn as well as check out her website. Also, follow us on Instagram at Living Corporate, Twitter at Living Corp underscore pod, 
and subscribe to our newsletter through www.living-corporate.com. If you have any questions you'd like to share, answer, and read on the podcast, make sure that you email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. This has been Shanisha and Deidre. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it a thousand times over for sharing tips about working remote. And thank you again for highlighting this is not normal. Do not turn away. Do not shy away from this. Working remote is a wonderful experience. Deidre, thank you for returning to us again and, and sharing great tips. It's always a pleasure having you. Live in corporate. This is Shanisha. Deidre, peace. What's up, everyone? So I'm here today to talk about all things hiring related to coronavirus. I know many of you may be still on the job hunt. You may be applying. Many of you are likely interviewing. And so um, as a career coach, I wanted to um, just give some updates as to what I found through my research about how coronavirus will impact hiring trends over the next couple of months. I want you all to know that your questions, your fears, um, all of your worries are definitely validated um, because we are seeing that this is starting to negatively impact um, the economy. And honestly, it may only get worse from here. Now, In terms of how bad will it hit you, I will um, just want to let you guys know that this is still very, very early on here in the U.S. We have a few cases here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I am, depending, depending on what area you are. If coronavirus has more cases and those cases continue to go up and up, that is going to impact your job search um, really, really heavily and very, very quickly. So I just want to share the research that I've done. Um, I did not pull this information just out of nowhere. My research was through Forbes, uh, USA Today, Washington Post, Wall Street, LinkedIn. CDC doesn't really have a lot of information for job seekers. So um, let me just say that things are probably going to get worse. And so we really just have to take this day by day and week by week. The U.S. has been on the up and up with... um, recruiting and hiring over the past few months. We've been doing really, really well in terms of the employment side. Um, However, due to coronavirus, this is starting to really hit us hard. Understand that um, there is a really vicious cycle going on here. And so as consumer spending goes down, um, that is going to affect those businesses and companies first. Right. And then that will start to affect the economy Um, that and then that can lead to Um, hiring freezes that could lead to layoffs that could lead to delays in hiring so everything really has um, an an effect what industries are getting hit worse right now any industry in the transportation world so like any industry that could be directly responsible for spreading coronavirus so we're talking airlines cruise ships um, trains Travel companies, event companies, definitely going to get hit. Restaurants. In my research, I saw that there was a restaurant that was closed down in Seattle because there are so many cases out there. Um, Hotels as well, not doing so hot right now. Um, 
as we are, you know, probably going to be told to like stay in, we've already, people have already been encouraging social distancing. You'll, you'll see how that will affect your local shops, your restaurants, your bars, coffee shops. Um, even the CEOs of the airline companies, they are not taking their own income right now or reducing their income. So just know that it is starting to hit us. Booming industries, um, healthcare and science roles related to coronavirus. People or hospitals need nurses that can help test for coronavirus, but we are seeing an increase right now in government, biotech, nonprofit, technology, those remote tech companies, Zoom is booming right now. You know, companies are going to start to depend on um, working virtually. Any company, hopefully, this is a hope right here, any company that does provide those uh, resources to business, they'll probably see, um, you know, more hiring there, or at least there's not a slow down. All right. So again, like I said, this will get worse. Um, how will this affect you that's hiring out there? And should you keep searching? The answer is yes, keep searching. This is going to delay hiring. This is going to delay interviewing for those companies that are not accustomed to doing things virtually, okay? So as you start to see more companies going to remote and virtual work, um, their leaders, their hiring managers are having to really get used to that. Um, and so they may not be accustomed to doing the hiring and interviewing virtual, but what I imagine, and again, now this is my opinion, all companies are going to move to virtual, more higher view interviews, more video interviews, more Google Hangouts, Skype, things of that nature. But I do want you all to know there may be some delay on hiring. Now, companies, before they even start to do layoffs, they will likely uh, put out hiring freezes. So I think we may start to see more hiring freezes first before we see any layoffs. Um, that is all I have, but I want you to know to not give up. Because so many people are going to stop completely applying, this is your time if you are job seeking to apply, apply, apply. Update your resume, you're working from home now, you don't have to sneak around and look for jobs while you're at work, chilling on the clock at home, keep looking for jobs, boost your LinkedIn. We are going to see a shift from networking in person to networking online. Boost your LinkedIn, okay? So don't give up, don't stop. Do I think companies are still cutting the check? I do think so, but I will say it is very, very early to know. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.